Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That piece is entitled, Mirror, Father, Mirror. I like to show it to people that I'm meeting for the first time because I think it says so much about who I am and what it feels like to inhabit my specific skin. And that clip was, of course, Eliana Douglas, the art teacher in the 2001 black comedy Ghost World, starring Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson. I know y'all seen it. I just know it. That's worth a rewatch, actually. Hmm. Movie party. I'm trilly excited for the show today. Trill is a combination of true and real, just in case you guys didn't know. The breakdown of the show is birthdays. There is a birthday. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Any excuse to play my favorite song, the birthday theme song, featuring Lucifer, current events, current events, the conspiracy section. What we're watching and doing, then wrapping up the show with announcements and shout outs. Y'all know the deal. This is like, what? Okay, boom. You know how we do? No BS. Let's get into birthdays. Here's the song. <laughs> I swear it. You could hook me up to a lie detector test and ask me if that's my favorite song. I'd say yes. Boom. Green lights flashing. <sighs> okay, get it together. All right. Who has a birthday? Oh, Judy Garland. Y'all know who she is.
Oh my god, it like makes me want to cry. Oh my god. That scene especially, with her and Toto and like the hand to paw, singing action. June 10th, 1922. Just 17 when she was in The Wizard of Oz. Here's a clip of Judy Garland talking about her daughters, Liza Minnelli and Larna Luft, after seeing their mother in the movie, The Wizard of Oz. The reaction of your children when they see you as a little girl in Wizard of Oz. Well, it took them quite a, a while going through shock because they came, <laughs> when they first thought they were very little and they thought the flying monkeys really had taken me away and the Wicked Witch was real and I had to... Uh, you know, just reassure them, but <laughs> it took about 14 years, I think, for Liza <laughs> to get over it, and Lorna is beginning to recover, and I think Joe's all right now. 14 years! God, how great is she? Ah, <laughs> uh, all of them. Liza Minnelli and the rest of development. Oh, my God. I gotta go back there. That was a happy place. Okay. Fun fact, I mean, not to bring up old shit, I didn't know that. I did not know this. Judy Garland was fired from Valley of the Dolls. The reports were she was drinking pretty heavily, and the article said she wouldn't come out of her dressing room. I want to argue with that. Maybe she couldn't come out of her dressing room. Maybe she was incapable of coming out of her dressing room, you know? Or not. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't even know her. I'm just saying. Words matter. Anyway, she was set to play Helen Lawson. Susan Hayward got the part instead. But we love you, Judy. Happy birthday, wherever you are. Okay. Uh, okay. I forgot. I have a little bad news. Just a little bit. Oh, God, how should I? Here's a hint. Maybe you'll just figure it out. I was legit dancing. Oh my god. Let's just mmm. No way to control it. It's totally automatic. Whenever I go around, I'm walking around folded. Completely automatic. All of my systems are down. Down, down, down. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Whew. Damn, I needed that. Oh, I mean, here we go with that widow bad news. Bonnie Pointer, one of the founding members of the Pointer Sisters singing group, she is no longer with us. She's in the Great Wild Yonder, which is a beautiful place. She was 69 years old. Fun fact, that was, of course, the Pointer Sisters song, Automatic. Automatic, right? That was the group's first top 40 hit to feature Ruth Pointer and her distinctive contralto on lead. Contralto means low female voice. Let's give it up for Ruth. All right. Oh, yes, this is hella interesting. 
This week in history, June 10th, 1993, Irish singer Sinead O'Connor took out a full-page ad in the Irish Times asking the public to, quote, stop hurting me, please. Sinead O'Connor was still being criticized for ripping up a picture of the Pope during an appearance on Saturday Night Live. On October 3rd, 1992, ooh, she performed on Saturday Night Live during her performance of an a cappella version of Bob Marley's War, which she intended as a protest against sexual abuse of children in the Catholic Church. She then presented a photo of Pope John Paul II to the camera while singing the word evil, after which she tore up the photo into pieces and said, quote, fight the real enemy, and threw the pieces towards the camera. Fun fact, this incident occurred nine years before John Paul II acknowledged the sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. Here we go. We know we will win. We have confidence in the victory of good over Fight the real enemy. Okay, one last hurrah in the current events, c -c -c current events section. Oh, yeah. Uh, June 8th was the two year anniversary of the passing of Anthony Bourdain. Now, I never watched this guy's show, I don't really like TV shows, but I followed him for sure. He's wrapped up in a layer of my number one obsession of a lifetime. Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, Hollywood, sex trafficking, Asia Argentino, hanging by a doorknob shit. Here's a clip from the CBS show about Anthony Bourdain. CBS with the all-seeing eye logo. His final interviews before his suicide last month, celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain unleashed angry, bitter attacks on Harvey Weinstein and Bill and Hillary Clinton. Bourdain told Popular Magazine he wanted to see Weinstein, quote, beaten to death in prison, but said the disgraced producer would probably have a stroke and die alone in his bathtub. Bourdain had been dating Weinstein accuser, actress Asia Argento. All right, let's keep it moving. The Conspiracy Section. Realer than real, y'all. Don't get it twisted. As far as conspiracy and the state of the world today, what do I think? Y'all don't want to know what I really think. Get me alone and get a couple beers in me and I'll tell you what I think. Alright, the conspiracy section. Y'all know it. Y'all love it, right? I guess. I think so. Everybody's over coronavirus, huh? I still wear my mask. In my town, though, like, people aren't really wearing masks. So I, like, walk into the gas station, like, for a beer. And I have my mask on. I feel like people are looking at me like, oh, damn, she's a mask person. I'm just like, damn, I'm just trying to get my beer. I'm just about being safe than sorry. And trust no one, FTW, all that. Okay. My co-host, little buddy, I forgot about him. I mean, I didn't. Come on over here, little buddy. Little buddy is a red panda. 
He kind of looks like the flying thing on Super Mario Brothers 3. Okay, little buddy, I need your help. Okay, quickly. I'm just going to talk about two things that I've been cutting out of the conspiracy section for a long time. One because it's boring and the other one because it's controversial. <laughs> but it's not going away, so here we go. I just wanted to talk about where the term conspiracy theorist came from. It came out of the Kennedy assassination. The CIA published this thing called the Warren Report, which my mom actually saved from back in the day and she put it in a frame for me for my birthday and I have the actual Warren Report that was sent out with the newspaper all over the US. I have that hanging on my wall. But the CIA at that time played the greatest role in weaponizing the term conspiracy theorist. The term conspiracy theorist was made to shame and discredit critical thinkers, people who question authority, right, specifically about the murder of JFK, but it's now used every day, right? You'll notice headlines, crazy conspiracy theory, wacko people, bizarre. Side note, when a news headline has an adjective in it, you should automatically question it no matter what. I mean, you should question every headline, but especially ones with adjectives in them, right? Because that's a manipulation. So conspiracy theorist is now the term used for anything that questions the narrative of the media, right? That's where we're at. Anything that questions a narrative of the media is now considered a conspiracy theory. That, that's where we're at, I think. Think about that. But a lot of people don't want to, and I get that. I do. <laughs> I know people who have major trauma in their life that cannot question the media, that cannot question the reality presented to them because they feel safe. And that's cool, man. I swear it. Or maybe I am full of shit. I don't know. <laughs> so basically, quickly, the Warren Report, it just says, like, Lee Harvey Oswald, the lone wolf, blah, blah, blah. Y'all know the story. So the CIA sent out a detailed directive titled Countering Criticism of the Warren Commission Report. And this is just an example of manipulation by the government, right? This happens every day. And I'm not saying this is the biggest. I'm just saying, like, it was an opportunity to discuss this. So they wanted to weaponize this term to be wielded against any individual or group calling the government's programs and activities into question. Plain and simple. Look it up on the internet. Okay, let's just move on, right? the thing I've been avoiding for months. M-O-N-T-H-S. <sighs> little buddy. Help me, little buddy. Okay, the only way out is through. I'm making a <laughs> big deal about it. It's about media manipulation. Okay, let me get there. <clears throat> what I'm going to talk about is about media manipulation. I'm not talking about anything specific, but I am going to use a specific example from the past. Okay? Y'all are with me. I know you are.
Little buddy, I am growing quite fond of you. <laughs> it's so cute. Actually, that's no gender, so they are so cute. Okay, and I'm gonna mention something that begins with a P today that I will never ever mention again. But this is the best example that I have to use. I know you regular listeners know where I stand on politics and all of that, politicians and all of that. What was that, Brewster's Millions? None of the above. Yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. None of the above. I'm not right, I'm not left, I'm not center. I don't like any of it, so I'm not going to go any deeper into that, but I just had to lay that out there for new listeners. Here's your question today for the conspiracy section. Why, if you mention Pizzagate, do people automatically think you are crazy, that you are a conspiracy theorist, that you like the person in the White House, and that you are a hateful person? Why? Why, if you mention Pizzagate, do people automatically think you're crazy, a conspiracy theorist, like the person in the White House, and just an overall hateful, ignorant person? Why? It's in my opinion, and my opinion only, right? I'm not speaking the necessarily the truth or beliefs of anybody else. I believe it's because the media has been brainwashing us without us even realizing. Most of us believe blindly what the media tells us to believe, feel how they want us to feel, right? That's a safe place to be. Also, because actual evidence gets politicized. Victims get re-victimized due to evidence being politicized. Doesn't that seem to be the case? Pizzagate is just one example of many, by the way. I bet when I say Pizzagate, boom, you have a thousand thoughts, images, preconceived notions, right? Do you know what the movie The Matrix is about yet? I don't know for sure, but I think I do. But I probably just understand one five hundredth of it. All right, little buddy, you think that went well? So to close out the conspiracy section and ultimately the show today, oh yeah, this sent, this act, finding this story changed the whole course of my life actually. Yesterday, I found this thing, um, is Mr. Burns from The Simpsons supposed to be Jacob Rothschild? <laughs> And it sent me on, like, you know, Rothschild, Rockefellers. And it got me to this movie called The Hunt, which I will watch eventually. But then more importantly, onto a short story called The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell. And yeah, I ended up reading it yesterday for my new podcast. Happy, fun, sleepy time. What is it called? I really don't know. Happy reading, sleepy time. <laughs> I mean, how can you not smile when you see that? So anyways, that was uh, one of the first stories I read for that new podcast. Turned out good. I put it on, man. I, I go right to sleep. Okay, anywho. Question. Is Mr. Burns from The Simpsons supposed to be Jacob Rothschild? 
Here's an interesting clip from The Simpsons. It's about a hunting experience at a super elite one percenter's house, Mr. Burns of The Simpsons. A little spoof on that story, the most dangerous game. Welcome all. Now, to explain why I summoned you here. You're here to participate in a hunt for the world's most dangerous game. The game I am hunting is all of you. Now, because I am too kind, I will give you all a five-minute head start. You may commence running. Five minutes of running? Shoot me now. Now, any man who lives till noon tomorrow shall win his freedom. Excuse me, what gives you the legal right to do this? You tell me. You're my lawyer. Well, I guess you are zoned for hunting, and you have previously claimed killing people as part of your religion. I think I can draw something up. There, this should hold up in just about any courtroom. Excellent. Interstone. Okay, uh, let's shake it out, shake it out. Uh, uh, I'm serious, I'm gonna dance right now, I swear to God. Dance with me, come on. All right, let's wrap up the show. Wrap it up. Uh, what we're watching and doing, I don't know. Okay, now some shout-outs. Okay! Hope you guys are having a great summer and wearing your hats and your sunscreen and getting out to the park and getting out to wherever you we're allowed to go. <laughs> um, I hope people are smiling. I think I'm going to... Buy a boat. <laughs>